sweet Jesus, you're the wind beneath my wings. Sweet Jesus, you're my melody and harmony. Sweet Jesus, you're the eyes that I see through. Sweet Jesus, yes, I'm dancing to your tune. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for life. We thank you for qualifying us to see another day, another year. We thank you for choosing us. We thank you for liking us. We thank you for making us the apple of your eye. We thank you for not giving up on us. We thank you for choosing us. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his death, his burial, and his resurrection. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for his ministry in our lives. We thank you that Christ in us is the hope of glory. We thank you that you are our Father. And we thank you that you call us your children. We pray and may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Uh, we thank God for another opportunity. And we are continuing our new series. And last week... Um, the title I gave was Five Prayers to Constantly Pray in the Year 2021. But as I was preparing, as I've been continuing preparing my notes, it's, it seems like the prayer topics have increased <laughs> from five to six. So now the title of the episode of the series will be Six Prayers for the Year 2021. And I'm believing God that it will remain at six. <laughs> Hopefully it will become ten. But I'm sure six will be okay. So six prayers for the year 2021. Six things to constantly pray for. And I was having a challenge in arranging what to come first, what to come second, what to come third. But I believe the order I had is what God laid upon my heart. So our first prayer topic last week was from James chapter 1, the verse number 21 and 22, where James tells us that we need to lay aside all filthiness, and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word. That's in James chapter 1, the verse number 21 and 22. I, I thought this was the first prayer because it's the premise on which we pray all other prayer topics because you must see that all the other prayer topics is God's instruction to you. Because if your heart is full of filthiness and naughtiness, you won't be able to pray the other prayer topics because you think they don't apply to you. That is why that was the first one that we should pray for a contrite, a broken, and a humble heart. And that only happened after we have laid aside a certain naughtiness we have that when God is speaking to us, He's gossiping to us about somebody. <laughs> Our second prayer topic is also from the book of James, also from chapter one, but from the verse number five. It says, I'll be using the ISV version. It says that now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives to everyone, everyone, everyone is everyone, absolutely. And he doesn't just give to everyone gradually, but he gives generously without rebuke and it will be given to him. James is telling us that there is one prayer topic that no matter who you are, immediately you ask it of God, God will give it to you. So if you want to get a 100% answer to prayers, I can give you a hint to ask for the right things. And one of the things that whenever you ask God, 
under no circumstance will God deny you of certain answer. And that is when you ask for wisdom. Now, if your heart is naughty, or if there's filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness in your heart, you won't see the need for wisdom because you think you're already wise. That is why, so initially, wisdom was the first thing to pray for because in Proverbs 4, the verse number 7, it says wisdom is the first thing. Wisdom is the principal thing. But I realize that most of us think we are already wise. So we don't see the agency and the burden to pray for wisdom constantly from God because we think we are wise. And I always tell people that look back at your life two years ago or three years ago or when you first came into a university, if you are completed university, maybe you were 19, 20, 21. And at that time, you thought you had finished SS. You were a senior in secondary school, Charlie, you know what's up. Maybe you have dated two or three girls, Charlie, your eye open, your eyes have opened. You thought you were matured. You know how to go around things. Look at the decisions you took when you were in first year. And if maybe now you are in maybe third year or final year of computer school, look back at those decisions. And sometimes you question what at all you were thinking when you were making those decisions. But at that time, you thought you were wise. And in the same way as at now, you think you are wise. Because you think that you have experienced some things. You have, you know some quotes, some philosophies, some life lessons. <laughs> you have seen some things. You know the way we all like to boast. You know what I've gone through. Do you know what I've seen? <laughs> we all like to boast about our experience, thinking that the experience in themselves make us wise. But experience in itself doesn't make you wise. So sometimes I always tell people that sometimes just consider the people you are crashing on, maybe in secondary school or university or some time ago, and look back at them. Look at the girl or the boy who broke your heart some time ago and you were so broken down and crying. You look back at this guy and you're wondering, or at this lady and you're wondering, what at all were you thinking about? And in the same way now, you think you are wise, you think you have experience, you think because you read books or you do one thing or the other, you, you, you have a certain knowledge. So you don't appreciate the need to pray for wisdom. And this thing really struck me when I was reading a book by one of my spiritual instructors. And it was like choosing a spouse, as we mostly know, is that it's one of the most important decisions a person can make in his life here on earth. But the interesting thing about it is choosing a spouse is made at the most immature stage of your life. Generally speaking, that is between the age of 20 to 35. Generally speaking, that's when most people get married. Those who want to get married. <laughs> and those people who, uh, I don't know how the word you use, but those people who generally, everybody wants to get married between the age of 25 and 30, between the age of 20 to 35. But the truth is that during that period of your life is the most immature period of your life. But you won't appreciate it. But when you are 50, when you are 60, and you look back at your life, you realize how you took so many impulsive decisions, so many decisions influenced by emotions and lack of deep thought, lack of understanding. And you're like, what were you thinking about? And he made a statement that this truth has made him appreciate the grace of God because he realized that he was not as wise as he thought he was when he was choosing his spouse but by the grace of God he chose the right thing it was just by the grace of God because when he looked at the parameters he was considering in choosing a spouse he would not have taken those same parameters now but by the grace of God it worked and I believe if you look at it, if you take a look at your life you realize it for me personally I've, I've taken so many decisions that came out well 
But when I look back at what was influencing my choice, I realized that Charlie, they were really shallow things that I used to make my decisions. That is why we need wisdom. Because man naturally is prone to take the wrong step. And you can see it in the Garden of Eden. Right from the Garden of Eden, man took the wrong step. God gave you over thousands of trees to eat from. The one he told you not to eat is the one you want to eat. That's a wrong choice. And naturally, it's a default setting that Adam sowed in the human nature. So by default, we all take wrong decisions. We all don't know the parameters to look out for in making decisions in life. That is why it's important that you pray that you look for wisdom because we don't know the right parameters in life. And the interesting thing is this. Sometimes you may know that this is the right parameter, but you don't appreciate it. Like, it doesn't make sense to you. Like, why is this one? Maybe, um, let's say, they tell you that look out for character in choosing a spouse. You know that always true. Subbing there or character is good. But you don't really appreciate the extent of how important character is. In choosing a spouse because you don't even know what marriage is all about so you don't even know what to look out for when you are choosing a life partner that is why you must pray for wisdom that is why you must pray for wisdom because we don't know the right parameters in judging life so another example jesus tells us that a man's life doesn't consist in the abundance of his possession but rather so what does a man's life consist of it's about the amount of his contribution in life. So wisdom will tell you that the quality of your life, how you know if you have been successful in life or not, is not about the things you have amassed in life, but about how valuable your contribution to life is. But you see, you may know this, but you may not appreciate it. So when you wake up every day, your mindset is about what can I get? What can I get? Instead of what can I give? What can I give? How can I increase capacity to be of a greater help to the body of Christ? So you may know this, but you don't appreciate it. So your whole pursuit in life is about amassing things instead of building capacity to be of a greater advantage in the hands of God. So let's go to Proverbs chapter 4, the verse number 7. I believe you all know this, but let's just go and read it. It tells us, Proverbs chapter 4, I'll be using different versions just to let us get a better understanding. It tells us that wisdom is the principal thing. That's what most versions say. Another version says that wisdom is of uttermost importance. Another version says, wisdom is supreme. Another version says, wisdom is the first thing. So what I but if I made it the first part of point, most of you will not appreciate it because most of us, we think we are wise. Most of us, we think we are knowledgeable. Most of us, we think we know what's up. Most of us, we think that our eyes have opened. We know how human beings are. We know the parameters to look out for. So most of us, we don't see the betting and the necessity to constantly ask for wisdom in every decision we make. That is why God led me to make James chapter 1, verse 21 and 22 the first thing. Because you need to appreciate that, sweetheart, you take wrong decisions. So he said that wisdom is the principal thing, is the first thing. I'll talk about it after I finish making this point. But it goes on to say that, therefore, get wisdom. 
Therefore, get wisdom because wisdom is not the default state of man. Man is not born wise. And you must appreciate this because many of us think we are wise by default. Like, because we have experienced one or two things, because we have had similar success in some aspect of our life, because we think we're top in class, we're academically good, because we think maybe our relationship is good, because we think we're from a good family, we think by default we are wise. But the Bible tells us that wisdom is, is principal. Therefore, you must pursue it. You must go after it. You must hunt after it. You must set after it in the same energy and eagerness in which a young man is searching for a while. <laughs> but you see, the issue is that because we think we are wise, we don't look after wisdom. Because we think we are wise, we don't read books. Because we think we are wise, we don't go for advice. Because we think we are wise, we don't pursue wisdom. So the question is, in the year 2020, how many good books did you read? How many good books did you read? The reason why you didn't read a lot of good books is because you, you thought you were wise enough to navigate yourself in life. Wisdom is the principal thing. Go for it. Search after it. And if you look at Proverbs chapter 8, it tells us where wisdom can be found. And I found it very interesting. So there wisdom can be found at the marketplace, on the mountaintop, at the junction, by the streets. Wisdom can be found everywhere. But the interesting thing is, even though wisdom is found everywhere, you must be deliberate on finding the wisdom that is just right under your nose. Because even though wisdom is in front of you, doesn't mean that you will see it. Therefore, you see ourselves making the same foolish, excuse me, say, or the same unwise decisions over and over and over again. So there's a, there's a saying that history always repeats itself. And it's not a true statement because history in itself cannot repeat itself. But it is actually men who keep repeating history. We have so much evidence around us. I always tell people that we live in an era where you cannot afford to fail in life because we have so much evidence all around us. Yet still, people keep making the same mistakes. You will see a lady who gets pregnant for a guy because he wants to keep the guy. And you wonder, hasn't there been enough evidence in this world to tell you it is a wrong step? Yet still, people keep making the same mistakes. So even though wisdom is all around us, people don't have it. That is why the Bible tells us that you must go for it. You must be deliberate in searching after wisdom. It's an active process. It's a deliberate process. You don't get wisdom by just lazing about. You must invest money. You must buy. So Bible says, buy the truth. And when you buy the truth, do not sell it. In other words, immediately you get wisdom. Don't downplay wisdom and sell it out. So many of us, we know the importance of honesty, but many of us are not honest in our workplace. Many of us, we know the importance of diligence. We know all the scriptures. See a man who is diligent in his ways. He will stand before kings. Um, um, I pass by the field of a diligent man. We, um, uh, a man's gift. We, have, we know all the scriptures about diligence, but many of us, we are selling it out. Many of us are not diligent. So even though we know wisdom, we are not going after it. So you see, people make the same mistakes. A friend was talking to me this week, and his good friend of his is playing the buffoonery in life. And the lady is so worried that, ah, why is this guy doing this? And I was telling her that what he's doing, he's not the first person. And he knows very well the end of the decisions he's taking in life. 
And let, let me give a more practical example. A man has a family and kids. A man would forsake his wife and kids. And the money he makes at the end of the month, he uses it to go and look after young girls in exchange for sexual pleasure. We are in an era where you know that the end of such act is never good. Yet still, day in, day out, men keep repeating the same mistakes. So even though wisdom is on the mountaintop and is crying out, that don't do this, even though wisdom is at the junction, even though wisdom is at the market square, we still find people making the same mistakes. We all know the story about Samson and Delilah. We all know the story about Solomon. I don't think there's somebody who doesn't know about Samson and Delilah, who doesn't know about Solomon, who doesn't know about how women have brought the downfall of men. Yet still, men are still being brought down by women. And you wonder what at all is wrong. It's because even though wisdom is right in front of them, they are not going for it. And I always tell people that we live in an era where there is so much knowledge, so much information, that you cannot afford to make an excuse in life. There's no excuse you can make in life because there's so much evidence. Even the scriptures alone is evident enough. Look at how Abraham trusted God. Look at how Joseph trusted God. Yet still we have people who are giving up on God. Therefore, go for wisdom. My question to you is that if you should take a look at your history of your social media, whether it's what YouTube or Instagram or Twitter or Snapchat, can we find you making, looking out for searching or searching out things that are going to give you wisdom? Or you're just looking out for what celebrity gossips, fashion trends and all those things where you're not even into fashion that you need to get more styles for. When we look at your social media history, do we see the eagerness and your hunt for wisdom? Therefore, go for wisdom. Now, the James tells us that wisdom is the principal thing, is the first thing, is the foundation in which you must build every other thing because immediately wisdom is in place in your life. Every other thing falls in place in your life. That is why you need wisdom. Now let's go to Proverbs chapter 3, the verse number 13 to 18. Let's see this truth. Proverbs chapter 3. Let's look at something about wisdom. Verse 13 to 18. Now, say, happy is the man that finds wisdom. Happy is the man that finds wisdom. And the man that gets understanding. The verse 14. For the gaining of it, or the merchandise of it, is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than the finest gold. Meaning that getting wisdom is better than silver and gold. The choices of silver and gold. <laughs> the verse 15. She is more precious than rubies. And all the things you can ever desire, none can be compared to wisdom. <laughs> wisdom is the principal thing. Let's continue. The verse 16. Now, it's telling us something very important. That's wisdom is not just precious because of what it is but wisdom has side effects you know if you take some drugs there are some side effects so now the bible is giving us the side effects of having wisdom the verse 16 length of days are in a right hand and in a left hand are riches and honor 
Do you hear what he's saying? In other words, you don't need to pray for long life. You don't need to pray for riches and honor. You need to pray for wisdom because immediately wisdom is in place. When wisdom is coming, the brother of wisdom is called long life and the sister of wisdom is called riches. They are twins. <laughs> riches and honor. So sweet that you don't need to be praying for money. What you need to be praying for is wisdom. You don't need to pray for money. That is why when you are praying for money, you hardly ever get an answer. <laughs> Because you have been getting miracle money, I tap. <laughs> but you don't pray for money. You're not supposed to pray for money. Money is a byproduct of wisdom. Verse 17. Her ways are full of pleasantness and her paths are of peace. These are the byproducts of wisdom. The verse 18, which is our last verse. Wisdom is the tree of life. Today that lay hold on it. And happy is every man that retained wisdom. So if you want a happy and a joyous life, what you need is not a good spouse per se. Or what you, you don't need to pray for a good spouse per se. You don't need to pray for a long life. You don't need to pray for peace. You don't need to pray for honor. You don't need to pray for money. What you need to pray for is wisdom. Because all these things are byproducts of wisdom. Let's take another scripture. The next chapter. Proverbs chapter 4. The verse 5 to verse 9. Well, look at the byproducts. The verse scripture you said that therefore get wisdom and all you're getting get understanding. So okay, that's the verse seven. But let's start from the verse six. Forsake not wisdom, for she shall preserve you. So don't pray for preservation. Pray for wisdom because in getting wisdom you are preserved. Love her, and she shall keep you. Wisdom will keep you if you love wisdom. The verse 7 is what we know. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all your getting, get understanding. The verse 8, it's saying that exalt wisdom. It's using her. But I want you to know that it's wisdom I'm talking about. Exalt her. Exalt wisdom. And she will promote you. She will bring you to honor when you embrace her. Most of you are praying for promotion. You don't need to pray for promotion. You need to pray for wisdom. Because riches, long life, promotion, and a good life, a happy life are the byproducts of wisdom. That is why the writer tells us that wisdom is the first thing. Establish wisdom in your life. Immediately wisdom is the foundation and the cornerstone of your life. Every other thing that you build upon will stand. That's why the issue is that you don't need to pray for money to start a business. You need to pray for wisdom to start a business. And when you get wisdom, money would come. And this thing is very important because I have seen firsthand, firsthand, not a storybook or a movie or a hearsay, firsthand, a close relative who was born into a wealthy family. And today, the person can barely afford to take care of the family. But the person, that's a, a relative of mine, the father was a Ghanaian millionaire in Ghanaian terms. <laughs> The man, his father owned companies. This is not a grand story. This is a relative of mine. I have seen this firsthand right under my nose. People who are born into wealth and today they cannot even afford to buy a car of their own. So everything they have is all that their father has left for them. Even with that one, it is detolerating. That is why you don't necessarily need money. What you need is wisdom because people have been born into wealth and abundance and have abused it we all know if, if you look at the let's say in the sports industry we know people in their life in their active career they were making millions 
But 10 years after their career, they have declared bankruptcy. Some of them is they're trying to play shoot because of divorce cases and everything. But some of them literally have nothing because what they had was money, but they didn't have wisdom. And a biblical example can be seen in the prodigal son. His father gave him half of his share of the possession. But after he went into a faraway country, a guy who, who could afford 10 square meals a day was now begging, was now competing with pigs for their food because he had money, but he didn't have wisdom. So Solomon tells us wisdom is a defense. Sweetheart, I want to encourage you every day, pray for wisdom. What you need is wisdom. And you see, the reason why there's godlessness in this world is because of the lack of wisdom. So the first manifestation of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And this one in Sunday school, they teach you. Well, Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7, let's just read it. It's a common verse, but the, the Bible is just nice in reading it. So let's just read it. Proverbs 1 verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Beginning. The first indication to know that somebody is wise is that the person fears God. But that's what the said. But fools would despise wisdom and instructions. So you see fools taking decisions because they have despised instructions. You will see people who have abandoned their family because of alcohol. You will see people who have abandoned their family because of small girls or boys somewhere. You will see people who are destroying their lives because of certain addictions. Because fools despise wisdom. So you will see people who are intellectuals, people who have come up with massive philosophies, who have come up with massive inventions and they deny the existence of God. Like the Bible says in Psalms chapter 14, verse 1, this is Psalms or Proverbs, that a fool says in his heart, there is no God. Let me just be sure whether it's Psalms or Proverbs. It is Psalms. It says, a fool says in his heart, there is no God. And I found it very interesting. The Bible didn't say a fool says with his mouth, but with his heart. I don't know if you have taken notice of it. The fool doesn't say with the mouth, there is no God. But the fool says in his heart, there is no God. There's a difference. A fool is someone who he knows beyond all reasonable doubt about the reality and the truth of something. But the person still decides to live in denial. So even though you can see these people, arrogant people on televisions, television, sorry, and call themselves God-fearing, when you look at their life choices, you will know that these people are fools because of the choices they make. Because anybody who truly has wisdom would fear God. And anybody who fears God will live his life in a certain way. So even though these people may be religious people professing the name of Christ in their life, they deny Christ and they deny the existence of God. You see these philosophers, it's very interesting. All these people know that nothing exists by its own. A car did not wake up and manufacture itself. An airplane did not wake up and manufacture itself. A television did not wake up and manufacture itself. These high-minded people, these philosophers, intellects, formulators of theories and inventions, they know very well that no invention exists without an inventor. Yet still, these same people are denying the existence of a creator. How can you tell me that the magnificence of this creation that they clearly know has no creator? And you tell me it came out of spontaneous something, something, something. It came out of a big bang. It came out of evolution of, oh my God. Yet still they know that a car doesn't just appear from a metal line on the floor. But somebody must have invented a car. But they are telling me that 
the oceans, the seas, the galaxies, the Milky Way, these things just came out into existence by itself because they are becoming fools. So they are saying in their hearts, even though their eyes know very clearly and their eyes can see very clearly the reality of a creator, they are seeing in their hearts, there is no God. What are your eyes seeing clearly, yet still your heart is denying a thing? Some of you, I found it very interesting. Because sometimes I just stumble on TV shows and, and social media trends and all those things, mostly about relationships. And you see people ask some questions about relationships. And you wonder, 21st century, people are still asking this question about relationships. It just tells you the level of, the lack of wisdom that is in people's life. Sometimes I listen to this show, then people ask, hello, my name is so-so-and-so. I am so-so-and-so, yes. I'm in this situation. And you look at the question the person is putting forth, and the person is asking for advice. And you wonder, ah, wisdom is everywhere, yet still people cannot see. That is one level. And there's another level of unwiseness. I know it's very foolishness. Where even though their eyes can clearly see something, their hearts are denying the thing you can clearly see that you are in just a relationship and this person is verbally, not even physically, verbally and emotionally abusing you. Yet still, you are living in denial. And you are coming, this my boyfriend or my girlfriend, does this, 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 this. what should I do? Oh, sister, oh, brother, are you living in denial? You can clearly see, you can clearly see, yet still, you are telling yourself in your heart something else. You are being an unwise person. But as I said, wisdom is not default for man. That is why we need to pray for wisdom, number one. And two, we need to go after wisdom. In the year 2021, will you be committed to going after wisdom? Or you think you're already wise enough? If you're already wise enough, I salute the oil. <laughs> so I always tell people that the reason why I am agree is a Ghanaian term. The reason why I am I am hungry for information. The reason why I am hungry for, for, for reading, for knowledge, for seminars, for, for preachings, for audios, for videos. It's not because I want to be a pastor. It's because I know how foolish I am. That is why I am pursuing after knowledge. That's why I am pursuing after wisdom. That is why for the... I've been a, Okay. <laughs> I'm getting all emotional. But you must be hungry for wisdom. And the only reason why you're not hungry for wisdom, the only reason why you're not hungry for knowledge, for information, for understanding, and all your life is being wild away on foolish trends and other things, is because you think you're already wise. To end, we can't end without talking about the prayer of Moses. And that's what we want to pray. Moses said, My father, teach us to number our days so that we would apply our hearts to wisdom. And it's very important. Because many of us, this is another foolish thing we know. We know that life is short. So Moses said, I teach me to number my days. In other words, let me be conscious of the fact that I don't live forever. I will not live forever. My life is a temporal state. And if you know that life is very temporal, you would apply your heart to wisdom. Many of us know that life is very temporal and very vain. Yet still, we are applying our hearts to foolishness. But none of us be like that. So Moses said, teach us to number my days so that I would apply my heart to wisdom. So Proverbs tells us that it is better to go into a house of mourning than into a house of cheerfulness or in a house of partying because there's a certain wisdom that you will learn 
in the presence of mourning, in the presence of a dead person, when somebody is being dead, then you will learn in the house of cheerfulness. But unfortunately for some of us, most of the massive theories I founded in my life is when I had the death of a loved one. I will say this, one of the deaths which happened, I forgot in the year 20, I forgot in the year. A friend of mine died. He went for internship in a different country and he was just going to swim. And he drowned. That death has shocked me even more than my relative's death. I kept thinking about it and that death really struck a chord in my heart that nobody is promised tomorrow. We all know this thing. Oh. We all know that nobody's promised tomorrow. Yet still, this knowing is not informing our decisions. <sighs> Teach us to number our days that we might apply our hearts to wisdom. In the year 2021, pray for a broken and a contrite heart and pray for wisdom. So we would like to pray. And obviously, we know what we are praying for. We are praying for wisdom. And we are praying to God for the grace to go after wisdom. Just as Moses said, Father, teach me to number my days. Let me realize the vanity of life. Let me realize the essence of life. Let me realize the significance of life so that I would apply my heart to wisdom, so that I will know how to judge things in life. Many of us, we have good people in our lives that we are taking for granted. Mercy, because we lack wisdom. We want to pray to God for wisdom. Ask God for wisdom that, Father, may I not take any decision that is an unwise decision. So Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 and 16, that see then, that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Do not be unwise, but understand what the will of God is. <laughs> Some of us will be feel insulted, but instead understand what the Lord wants for you. Paul is encouraging us that you need to know what the Lord wants for you. What is the will of God? And the will of God is always a wise decision. We want to talk to God. We want to talk to God, our Father, in every aspect of my life. May I know what your will is, because your will is always wise. In my finances, may I know what your will is. In my relationships, may I know what your will is. In my health, may I relate with people, may I know what your will is. Father, creating us a hunger, a desire for wisdom. Proverbs tells us that we should get wisdom. We should last after wisdom. We should go after wisdom. If you exalt her, wisdom would promote you. Father, may we exalt wisdom in the year 2021 and beyond. May we love her. If you love her, she will protect you. She will protect you. Father, may we love wisdom. Give us a hunger for wisdom. We are not wise on our own. We can't navigate the waters of life on our own. We don't know it. Foolishness is our defense. Certain, but Father, we have come to see, we have laid aside all nothingness and superfluity of nothingness, all filthiness. And we know that Father, we need wisdom. You said that we should ask of you, and you need all of us generously without rebuke, without getting angry. Father, we ask for wisdom in the year 2021. Father, may you deliver us from every foolish decision we have taken in previous years. We pray that may your mercy speak on our behalf. May you exempt us from the consequences of our foolish decisions in the name of Jesus. 
We pray for a hunger for wisdom. May we number our days so that we apply our hearts for wisdom. May we pay the price for wisdom in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. In this year, God wants you to constantly pray for a contrite and a broken heart. Secondly, He wants you to constantly pray for wisdom in every aspect of your life. Some of us, we are just attracted to taking wrong decisions. But in the year 2021 and beyond, we are delivered from that syndrome in the name of Jesus. We thank you for being around. We really appreciate your presence and really appreciate re-inviting your friends and other people to be blessed, to renew their minds with the word of God. Remember, to give God your best and make sure that the only thing you owe any man in the year 2021 and beyond is love. See you next week. Bye-bye. My soul longs for you, this heart beats for you.